This audio program may contain descriptions of violence and topics that may not be suitable for everyone. Please listen with caution. Do you know what the most frightening thing in the world is? It's fear. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Why, she wouldn't even harm a fly. Press the button and we're in. Yay. So I've been trying really, really hard to make friends <laughs> with hmm. other podcasts. <laughs> okay. I haven't, but that's good one of us has. <laughs> I've been hitting social media hard because there are a few podcasts where like I listen to them and I'm like, they could be our friends. Gotcha. They sound like slightly different us? versions <laughs> of us. Yeah. I want to be friends with them mm-hmm. in real life. Although, careful what you say. We don't want to insult them. yes we're not gonna rub our mediocrity (laughs) off on them (laughs) but one of the hosts of brave girls club Mm -hmm. we've been interacting a little bit on twitter which has been nice that's cool they're they're really fun and cool and i've been enjoying the uh ladies from Two Girls, One Ghost, uh-huh. and also the That's Weird podcast. The other ones I know. <laughs> yeah. I have, well, Reppy doesn't have a lot of driving time. Yeah. Usually she works really close, whereas I have a commute, mm-hmm. so I, like, cycle through a lot of podcasts. Yeah. So I'm, I'm changing jobs, though, so eventually I'll have a longer, my nannying. Yeah, you'll have a longer commute. Reppy got a job at, like, the best bakery. Yeah, I'm going to be a decorator. So yeah. And also, I got a nanny job, but I'm also going to be a decorator. <laughs> That's what we're excited about. Yeah. Because they have, it's this local place for anyone who listens in Tennessee. It's Five Daughters Bakery. Well, there's some in other places. Oh, yeah. There's in Florida, one in like Atlanta. There's one, and there's one in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a few, yeah, in Tennessee. They have a, they call it a hundred layer donut, but it's actually like a hundred. It's 114 layers of croissant dough. Yes. And it's a donut. Oh my God. That they hand fold and it takes four days to make a batch. It's crazy and they're so good. Mm -hmm. And I would, I wouldn't be able to work there. I'd die. (laughs) I would die of heart failure within a week. Uh. (laughs) So that's really fun. Yeah. Very excited about that for you. And it's just fun because it's getting to be the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Literally the day after Halloween, Reppy put up our Christmas tree. Uh, it was not the day <laughs> after. I waited till the weekend because we didn't have any ornaments. I had to go buy them. Yeah. So we have a Christmas tree up. We have lights everywhere. We have our stockings hung. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> it's something. It's a week until freaking Thanksgiving. I think it's definitely appropriate to have Christmas <laughs> stuff up by now. And if you think differently... Well, go fuck yourself. I have the mic, so I can do whatever I want. So, yes. So our house is now all like jolly and bright mm-hmm. and lovely. Just like it should be. <laughs> it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Mike hates it. <laughs> Mike, I can't tell if he like actually doesn't like it or if he's no, he's just, just like, being a dick. Yeah, I think he's just kind of like not used to it. So he's, he's like, just what? like, well, this isn't my holiday, and it's like, well, congratulations. Yeah, that wasn't the question. <laughs> Well, and also Hanukkah doesn't really have good decorations. Well, also, I personally am not going to go out and buy Hanukkah decorations because I don't celebrate Hanukkah. Yeah. So if him or you wanted to buy decorations, I would decorate for Hanukkah. Yeah. It's not like I'm I mean, like, but no Jews. <laughs> I'm no like, Jews. yeah, bring the Hanukkah in. But no just because you don't have any. Sorry, my spirit game is better than yours. <laughs> my holiday spirit game yes we'll get a menorah at some point but like besides that you don't really decorate for hanukkah you so could it's though like <laughs> i don't know what you'd even you'd put use up. like blue and white lights and you could put some like they sell decorations yeah that, like the star of david yes <laughs> just put know. up a giant star of david <laughs> i don't yeah. know it's not my holiday that's what i yeah. don't know yeah. what do you do you put the torah on the wall <laughs> you bought shalom <laughs> so i mean you just you spread oil all over the house. <laughs> and then you light it on yes, fire for not, eight days. <laughs> not that that's like a hazard or anything, but yes, that's uh, what you do. I feel like we just have so much to talk about and go on about, but I'm also really excited for our topic today. Like, I do want to tell everyone, I feel like I should let everyone know that Winnie is massively overweight. <laughs> 
Okay, I think she's exaggerating. She's <laughs> the, the vet. She's like seven. She gained seven she pounds. She gained seven pounds. But I told Mike, it's the equivalent of we adopted a child and brought them back to the vet three months later. The vet. The, vet. <laughs> the doctor three months later and they gained 50 pounds. Because <laughs> she's supposed to be small apparently. Um, she's a small dog. But she doesn't look fat. It's not like she can't run or anything. She looks she, fine. She bounds. It's only noticeable when we're at the dog park and she tries to keep up with the other dogs. Yeah, but she's also tiny. She's got tiny little legs. She is. And she has what I like to call a loose physique. <laughs> I don't know why she. I've never noticed it in my life. Her, her her teeth hang down. A little. Yeah, like a (laughs) tiny bit. You're giving this dog a complex. That's like if you saw a woman without a bra and you were like, oh, look at this cow over there. You see her breast to the knees. Yeah. You're like, no, they're just slightly sagging. She's just, she's she's an older lady. Yeah, I and think she's fine. Yeah. She's on a diet. She she's on a diet. She's mad about it. Well, also, I mean, I would be mad too if all of a sudden someone came home and was like, "Now you have to eat half of less yeah. food." It's not like we're gonna transition you eat, into eating less. It's like, nope, right now you have to eat. I know. Half it's. Less. I feel it. I wish we could do it more gradually. But then, I mean, it's your doll. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, I just <laughs> I just went by the can, and it was like for this much weight, you should give them this. But like. Then you don't look at the calories, and apparently the calories are what's really getting well, yeah. her, you know? Plus, if your dog's not supposed to be that weight. Yeah, see? <laughs> we, giving, we were under the assumption yeah. that she was supposed to be 40 pounds. <laughs> you know. So You're, she's 47 now? She's 47. When we got her, she was uh, 39. <laughs> and then she was 40 when we took her to yeah. the vet last. But I posted a picture of her whining, uh-huh. uh, a video of her whining on Facebook because Mike was eating something. She was just sitting there whining and your mom commented on it because <laughs> I the caption what she say? Oh my God. The caption was um day 1 of Winnie's diet. She's not handling it well. And your mom was like me either. I feel her pain. <laughs> it was really funny. God, uh, my mom. So yeah, lots of exciting stuff. And it's officially holiday season, which it's been holiday It is. Season. Like, Halloween is when I am at my most powerful, but this time of year is when Reppy is at her most powerful. Christmas. The snow's coming now. <laughs> Christmas. It's supposed to snow on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Every time it snows or the temperature drops, I feel my heart getting bigger. I can feel <laughs> You're the, the opposite of the Grinch. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, this baking job is overnight, so mm-hmm. for the first, like, month, I'm really going to have to get used to like a weird sleep mm-hmm. schedule but it's the holiday season so yeah. i know i'll be able to do it because i'm strong <laughs> i also feel like it'll be kind of like more christmasy when you get up like really early in the morning mm. it's cold and it's like quiet yeah. you know plus i like the quiet yeah. today i woke up at like 9 30 mm. and i got out to our living room and no one was there everyone's asleep yeah so i sat with the dog and we we tried to watch rudolph the red-nosed reindeer <laughs> and i painted my nails and i was like this is great yeah Quiet in the winter is really nice. You know, it's one of those things where the silence is comforting. Mm -hmm. In the summertime, you're just like hot and you're like, I want to do something. Fuck this. You have all that pressure to like go outside. But in the winter, it's like, it's too cold. Don't go outside. Just sit there and be lazy. Yeah. What are you going to do? Go to the movies? No. No, Stay home. Fuck that. Yeah. (laughs) Not like people are going to be like, why aren't you out? You know, you could go to the park. It's like, no, it's cold. It's fucking cold out. Just stay inside. Yeah. Save yourself. (laughs) And that's what gives me my most joy. Yes. (laughs) Today we are talking about unsolved disappearances. Mm -hmm. I'm super excited about my topic. I've been wanting to research it for a while. And it is gnarly. Mm -hmm. It also includes something that Reppy really hates. Yeah, she's going to talk about my deepest fear. It's fine. (laughs) It's fine. I'm going to get a snake. No. (laughs) Uh, They're murderous noodles. Without me knowing. (laughs) Yeah, but you've had a dog before. Yeah, but so not by choice. Can... Not... My family just has dogs. Dogs are fine. They're just fine. Like, I like them. Yeah. But you don't... You're just not you're... actively like, I need a dog yes, in you're, my life you're to neutral. be complete. Yeah. You're, you're pretty neutral about them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're in a doggy mood. Yes. And sometimes you're not. Me, I just do not like snakes. They unnerve me. Just... I want to get one. <laughs> <laughs> I have constant reoccurring nightmares about snakes all the time. I have to find something that you're kind of like, I don't really want it. It wouldn't be the worst thing, but I really don't want it. There's I a mean, lot of I animals did, I'm like that I about. I did tell you specifically not to fucking get a dog. I believe I used the fucking word. Yes, so... but then you said I could get a dog because Mike doesn't eat me out. 
<laughs> Do you remember true. that? I did say that. <laughs> well, <sighs> now I'm just maligning him. <laughs> yeah. He also told us a story. I, that was my favorite thing. The he's other gonna night. hate you for saying he's this really on the gonna. He's really gonna hate well, me. Well, he doesn't listen. No, so fuck him. He doesn't. But see, it's like an example of one of those things that probably would drive most people nuts. But I love about him is the fact that. He was telling us the story about how, first of all, he's only seen one penis in person that wasn't his. Which is a lie. That Yeah, that's so because weird. Because in the bathroom, you've definitely, like, went to turn around and someone on the next stall is, right? like, peeing and you just saw a glimpse. Like, they, they pee out in the open. How could you not see Sometimes there's those one. little barriers, but I imagine that there's not always those. No. And in some bars, it's just like a trough. Exactly. So, I, really I, I don't, he just looks right ahead. I Which guess. makes him seem weird. It does. Like, I would be like, what the fuck's that it guy's makes probably you just seem like guilty? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It makes you look like you want to suck all the penises. <laughs> and that it does. you have this deep need for it. So you're like, no, do it. can't do no, it. Can't do let it, myself do it. it. Yeah. But so he was telling us this story and we knew that it was going to end in him seeing a penis. Mm-hmm. But he started by telling us about the grading structure of his middle school Spanish class. And here's the thing. How Austin said that she really loves this about him. I'm one of the people that it drives, <laughs> drives me insane. But it was fun in that moment because we knew it was going to end with a right. penis. So we were both like, so, in our minds, yeah. as the story progressed, everything we're like, he said, we're like, how does it get to a penis? And he starts out end. with like, so my Spanish teacher. We're and like, we're like, oh, oh no. Yeah. And then we were like, oh my God, he's about to tell us he was like molested. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, oh no, this is not good. Then he's like talking about his class participation yeah. grade. And I was, like, how he didn't get I was like, oh my God, he saw his teacher's penis to up his class participation yeah, grade. Like, oh my god, he made you look at his penis. Yeah, like, and we're trying to get to this whole thing and then in the end he just saw another kid changing in the, in the like locker walked, room. He like walked into the locker room wasn't paying attention because he was ranting. He, he was ranting about and the And some Spanish kid was teacher. getting changed and he saw his penis. Yeah, that was it. That Halfway was through too, story. I was like, if this ends in you just accidentally seeing some dude's penis you, in the bathroom, I'm gonna be pissed. And he was like, did. well, it kinda does. Yeah, that's exactly how it ended. It's like, you could have so just funny. been like, well, one time I saw a guy changing and yeah. I accidentally looked and that was it. <laughs> that was it. But he wouldn't, he couldn't just I, it was so funny. Oh my um, god, I don't know how you live with I him. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I don't know how I live with him. We're also going to a friend's giving yes. with the Nashville Murderinos. They're amazing. And I love I love the whole theme. The theme is we all bring something and it's what would be our last meal on death row. Yeah, I was going to do tortellini carbonara. You're not going to do might. that? It's just so much work. Yeah. It's so much work. And especially if you're making a lot of it, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Mike, being weird, again, is bringing a Southwest salad. He's so stupid. Yeah. He was like... Well, you know, I wouldn't want it to be something heavy because then everyone would have to clean up everything after they kill me. And I'm like, yeah, that's part of the fun. That's the fun part. Yeah. Why would you not want that? <laughs> I mean, plus it depends how long after they, you eat you, that yeah. they kill you. I think you eat your last meal and then... The, I think it's usually the day... They, I, th- I thought your, your last meal was like the night before. Yeah. But then usually they kill them really early in the morning yeah. or late at night. So, so if you ate like... Like KFC, wouldn't it yeah. just go through you pretty quickly? It's, well, KFC definitely. I mean, would. you know what I mean. So, like, there's really probably going to be. No, really, it's probably better because everything would come out of you yeah. by like one in the morning, and yeah, then and then you're six o'clock. Then comes. you're clean. You know. Yeah. I'm bringing an entire Costco sheet cake. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't think there's really anything. It's actually a really hard question because right, it's think like, about what's it? the last thing? Well, plus there are some things. That I just can't bring. Mm-hmm. Like, my grandma's apple pie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I could would make be, apple pie, I but guess. But it wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't be the same. Well, it could be representative yeah, of it. Yeah, I could make an apple pie. That's easy. Mm-hmm. Food is just so amazing. It's really hard to pick your last. Yeah. Well, plus, I'm not a big sweets person. See, yeah, you're not. The thing with my grandma's apple pie is that it's, it's just from her. Aw. Is what makes it It's good. sentimental. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'll just bring a bag of Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> you can make it and then um, etch her face in to the crust <laughs> that, then it'll really be representative yeah. of her 
So we didn't say this, but I'm Austin. I'm Reppy. And today we're actually going to be talking about, we already said this, Mm -hmm. but um, unsolved disappearances now that we have rounded the corner of conversation. Last week, I believe you went first. What was mine? Ed Gein, Silence of the Lambs. I thought I went last. Yeah, you did go last. Oh, okay. So I'm going to tell you about Michael Clark Rockefeller. Okay. So Michael Clark Rockefeller, as I said, was the youngest son out of five children to father Nelson Rockefeller, who was New York governor and eventual vice president of the United States. Well, I want to guess who he was vice president to. Give me a hint. I kind of forget, but I'll look it up. It's one of those presidents where I don't even know if I know Ooh, enough. Was it bathtub guy? Was no, this, wa- this wasn't um, far enough back in history for uh. that. I will tell you, he was a Republican. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ted Bundy. <laughs> and he was the vice president. Would telling you the year it mess might. it up? No, or... no, no, no. Okay, so he was vice president of the United States from 1974 to 77. Was it... What's his face? No, it wasn't Watergate guy. No, it was not Nixon. Give me a hint. Give me a better hint. His last name is a car. Oh, Ford? Yeah. <laughs> he was vice president with Ford. With Ford. Yeah. So his son, Michael Rockefeller, his mother was married to Nelson Rockefeller. Mm-hmm. Her name was Mary Todd Hunter Rockefeller. Todd Hunter. She hunts Todd's. <laughs> like, I love that that's her family name. So Michael had a twin sister named Mary as well. And he was a fourth. Wait, sorry. He was married to... To a Mary? His mother was a Mary, and his twin sister was a Mary. Okay. Yes, it's a little confusing. He was a fourth-generation member of the infamous Rockefeller family, and they were an industrial, banking, and political family that notoriously still holds one of the world's largest fortunes. Rockefellers are cuckoo, bananas, rich. In high school, my sociology teacher made us watch this documentary called Born Rich, uh-huh. And it w- literally followed, like, all these daughters and sons of really rich people. Like, Ivanka Trump was in it when she was a teenager. And his advice to us all was, if you meet anyone with one of these last names, jump on them. <laughs> like, that's what he told <laughs> us to do. And he's like, if you meet a Rockefeller, a Vanderbilt, get any yeah. of these. Oh, a Vanderbilt would be nice. Yeah. Fucking Anderson Cooper's a Vanderbilt. I know. Michael Rockefeller graduated from Harvard University, of course, with a bachelor's degree in history and economics. After graduating, he joined the U.S. Army for six months before embarking on an expedition for Harvard's Peabody Museum of Archaeology and Ethnology. What the hell is ethnology? You study ethnicities. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I probably groups. should have figured that out, but... <laughs> The expedition took Rockefeller to New Guinea in Africa to study the Dani tribe, and specifically a group of cannibals that were on the brink of extinction. The trip produced the film Dead Birds, a documentary for which Rockefeller served as a sound technician and the still photographer. He took over 3,500 photos during this trip. Michael Rockefeller knew that he was expected to continue operating the family businesses, but he yearned for adventure and was determined to pack as much as he could into his youth before being confined to a boardroom. He reportedly told friends that he had gone on the New Guinea expedition because he wanted to, quote, do something romantic and adventurous in a time and place which is about to disappear. Well, there's nothing more romantic than cannibals. Right. The trip turned somewhat sour when Dutch authorities accused Rockefeller's group of spurring war between tribes in order to film the battles for the documentary. (laughs) A parliamentary commission was sent to investigate the claim, and the expedition was reported as being, quote, unwise. (laughs) (laughs) The commission noted that the documentarian, Robert Gardner, was excited about filming tribal warfare, and there had been at least seven deaths and 12 people wounded in the village in the two months that the group had been there. Rockefeller and a friend briefly parted ways with the rest of the expedition to study the Azmat tribe in New Guinea. When Rockefeller returned home from the expedition as scheduled, he was also shocked to discover upon arrival that his parents had divorced. Mm. So it's like, welcome home. We hate each other now. They probably always did. (laughs) At least he can take comfort in that. (laughs) He was consumingly intrigued by the art and culture of the Azmat tribe and soon planned a three-month trip back to Africa with the sole purpose of studying the group and collecting artifacts. 
The Asmat people are an ethnic group in New Guinea. They are relatively isolated from the developed world and are known for their artwork as well as their brutality in battle. According to anthropologists, the Asmat people measure the worth of the male tribe members on their ability to kill enemies and consume their flesh. They would often decapitate the corpses of the slain and bake the head, making it easier to scrape the meat from the skull. I wonder what they season it with. Salt and pepper only, or you'll just mess up the meat. It's like a steak. Well, he needs a little bit of salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. Rockefeller carefully accumulated shields, preserved human heads, and sculptures to be displayed at the Museum of Primitive Art in Manhattan, which had been created by his father. Michael Rockefeller bartered for these artifacts with large quantities of tobacco, knives, and clothing. Dutch officials did not take kindly to Rockefeller's involvement with the local tribes and believed that his presence and willingness to trade for human heads and body parts led to an increase in murders. Rockefeller was offering 10 machetes per head, and the locals begged Dutch authorities to grant them permission for a night of headhunting. Ooh. Yeah. On November 17, 1961, Rockefeller and Dutch anthropologist Rene Wassing, along with two guides, were traveling the Arafura Sea in between villages. They were sailing in a 40-foot dugout canoe and a double pontoon boat filled with over 50 items that Rockefeller had acquired. You are shaking your head. (laughs) Bad idea. Yeah. Never going to the open water. (laughs) Unless you want to die. Yeah. Just like the people on the Titanic. You know they're making a replica of that? I know. It's not a great idea. (laughs) Hopefully more lifeboats this time. (laughs) Yeah, and they don't lock the poor up. (laughs) Yeah, that too. (laughs) Rockefeller showed off the pontoon, which he had fashioned himself out of canoes, planks, and an 18 HP, I don't know what that means, outboard motor. <laughs> horsepower. It's horsepower. Never mind. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Things I, things I just realized. He was warned by locals at the mission station that the boat was unsafe and would be no match for the changing tides that caused 66-foot high waves along the coast. What the fuck? The area was notorious for rough waters, violent currents, and tidal fluctuations. So go in a pantoon. Yeah, it's fine. You just cobbled it together. Yeah, it's a dugout canoe. That's fine. Yeah, right? Despite the warnings of locals, Rockefeller and his three companions set out on the water. On the last day of the expedition, they left for the village of Atschi. It's A-T-S-G. A-T-S-G? That's how it's spelled. Atschi. Atschi. <laughs> and it was 25 miles upstream on the coast. They were about three miles from shore when the pontoon boat flooded and overturned in the large Yikes. waves. The motor was completely flooded, and the guides swam for shore to get help, but didn't return that day. What? For two days, Rockefeller and Wassing floated in the sea on top of the overturned canoes, drifting farther and farther out by the minute. They watched the coast disappear on the horizon, and though they were both strong swimmers, Wassing refused to leave the boat. Both assumed that the guides had failed to reach the shore and had instead met horrific fates. The waters of the Arafura Sea were infested with crocodiles and sharks. I'm sorry, there's crocodiles and sharks? There's both. It's just a double whammy here. (laughs) Africa is really... (laughs) Yeah. There's cannibals on the shore, but in the water, there's crocodiles and sharks. (laughs) Everything wants to eat you. Uh On the second day, Rockefeller, bored from floating aimlessly, took off his pants, tied his glasses around his neck and a red buoy to his person, secured a red jerry can to the buoy, and told Wassing, I think I can make it. Though Wassing protested, Rockefeller departed from him, not knowing that they had drifted five miles from the shore. Wassing floated for another day, now completely alone. On November 20th, help finally came, and a plane dropped a dinghy into the water. Wassing scrambled from the canoe to it, desperately afraid that just as he was being rescued, a shark would swallow him. He sat in the boat until the plane returned, and Wassing was pulled from the water 22 miles from shore. Rockefeller, however, was never seen again. And this was like hours after he had swam off. Oh, no. It was like 12 hours or something. When news of Rockefeller's disappearance reached New York, speculation and theories ran wild as to what had happened to the young heir. 
A search and rescue mission by Dutch authorities turned up no trace of Rockefeller. His father, Nelson Rockefeller, chartered a jet to New Guinea for $38,000 so that he could aid in the search. He told reporters that he went because if he had not personally looked for his son, he would, quote, never forgive himself. 5,000 locals combed the swamps and forests of mangrove trees in the area along the coast. President John F. Kennedy offered aircrafts and a cargo ship to aid. Michael's twin sister Mary also traveled to New Guinea. Journalists followed the distraught family members to Africa. Hmm. A week later, a jerry can was spotted 120 miles off of the coast. The can was investigated, but it did not lead searchers to Michael Rockefeller. After 10 days, Nelson Rockefeller gave up the search. Dutch authorities asserted the theory that Rockefeller likely drowned or was eaten by crocodiles. However, many speculated that he could have reached the shore and fallen victim to the cannibalistic tribes of the Asmat region. But wasn't he there and friends with them? Wouldn't they be like, oh, this is Rockefeller? So there's a bunch of different villages along the coast. And he had been traveling from one to the other, so he hadn't stopped in these villages, so they wouldn't know him. Gotcha. Michael Rockefeller was declared legally dead in 1964. At the time of his disappearance, he was just 23 years old. Eight years after the events, journalist Milt Macklin journeyed to New Guinea to investigate the mysterious disappearance. Macklin's investigation supposedly uncovered a different version of Rockefeller's last days. Macklin investigated several theories and found some to be impossible. Rockefeller was not being held captive, nor was he wandering around lost in the country. Macklin concluded that Rockefeller was certainly dead, but how he died was a different matter. Macklin gathered circumstantial evidence that suggested Rockefeller had been murdered by members of the Oats-John-Nep tribe. The village was on the coast, near where the jerry can had been discovered. According to Sorry, me- what's a jerry can? So I had to look this up. Actually, it's like a big metal can that you put water in. Okay. And this one in particular was red, so it was like they could see it. That's uh-huh. why they found it. So that's what it was. According to Macklin, the group was enraged after several leaders of the village were killed by a Dutch patrol in 1958. Rockefeller would have likely arrived on shore around Oatsjanup and villagers would be unlikely to recognize him as American and not Dutch. Macklin concluded that it was possible that Rockefeller had been mistakenly killed as an act of revenge. Dr. Ari Kemper, who had lived in New Guinea for 11 years, agreed with Macklin's conclusion, saying, quote, I think he was murdered by Asmat people. It may have been for his head. He may well have been eaten. A man alone, without arms, roaming around the coast, that's risky. But do you know why the government officials say that he perished at sea? Because they don't want the world to think that the Netherlands do not have proper control over their colony. Officially, there is no headhunting, no cannibalism, or tribal warfare. The murder of the son of a well-known millionaire would not look good in the United Nations, would it? But six machetes, that's a fortune. For that price, the Azmets can buy two wives. You know, for an Azmet warrior, a head is a head. They probably didn't even realize that this particular white guy, who was half-naked, was the supplier of those machetes in the first place. Mm -hmm. Macklin located a Dutch priest named Father Jan Smit, who had known Michael Rockefeller during his last expedition. According to Father Smith, Rockefeller was murdered by Palpin warriors from the Oats John Epp, and they had shot him in the head with an arrow while he was still swimming for shore. This is the story related to Father Smith from locals. This is his words. Other warriors dragged the wounded American out of the water, after which they finished him off. They scalped him alive, cooked and ate some other body parts, and then buried the remainder. This scenario is mainly based on statements made by the leader of the Otsjanep warriors, known as Ajik, or Ajik of Ajim. Jesus. That's a mouthful. (laughs) Yeah. Sometime after the search for Rockefeller, Ajik started spreading the story that he had killed, quote, an important witch doctor, a white man, that he headhunted him and had taken on his magical powers. At the same time, two other warriors told a similar tale. They also claimed to be responsible for his murder, as a result of which they now owned Rockefeller's magic, 
As proof of this, no one but me can see your quotes. I know. <laughs> Magic. As proof of this, one of the two warriors showed Rockefeller's glasses to his audience. Oh. Yeah, not great. Father Smith claimed to have witnessed a warrior walking around in Rockefeller's clothing. In his boxers, because yeah. he wasn't wearing pants. He was himself later shot dead by an Indonesian officer, Father Smith. Years later, records kept by Smith and other priests stationed in the area were discovered. These records contained details about the men who supposedly killed Michael Rockefeller, including which village members were in possession of specific parts of his remains. Wow. Wait, why was the priest shot dead by an Indonesian officer? Who knows? <laughs> it's not it's not clear. Also, why'd they scalp him alive? For what? For funsies. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Being scalped a lot. Oh, God. Yeah, that's bad. Like, you never think about it when you're like, what's the worst way to go? You know, arrow through the head and scalped alive. is pretty fucking bad. That's probably the worst. Yeah, and also arrow through the head. It would have to be really sharp and going really fast to go completely through right, your head. Right, it probably so you just, could just stuck have him. It yeah. stuck in your brain. I'm imagining if he didn't die right away. Like, if it yeah. went all the way through your head, I imagine oh. you'd just die instantly. Yeah. would be like a bullet. That's so really So it probably bad. just stuck, like, halfway mm-hmm. in him. His skull. Uh, and then being scalped alive, some people survive it too, yeah. which is real weird. Ugh. Well, yeah, I guess it's not deadly. Yeah. They must have like shot him or something afterwards. Or well, yeah, I think they ended up you know, or something. Decapitated him and all that shit. According to author Paul Tuohy, in 1979, Rockefeller's mother hired a private investigator to search for him in New Guinea. The investigator reportedly swapped a boat engine for three skulls that were reportedly those of the only white men the tribe had ever killed. These skulls were transported back to New York and were given to the Rockefeller family under the belief that one of them was Michael's. The family never commented publicly on this story, nor were tests of the skulls reported. However, there was evidence that Mrs. Rockefeller paid the investigator a $250,000 reward, which was to be given only if he discovered definitive proof as to whether Michael was alive or dead. Oh, it was probably one of his. Yeah. Tobias Schneebaum, an American anthropologist, was interviewed in the documentary Keep the River on Your Right. And he said he spoke with Azmet cannibals who told him that they had come upon Rockefeller on the shore and ate him. In 2014, author Carl Hoffman published his book, Savage Harvest, A Tale of Cannibals, Colonialism, and Michael Rockefeller's Tragic Quest for Primitive Art. Hoffman describes several stories which he had heard from villagers. You know, maybe he just kept telling them they had primitive art and they got fed up. <laughs> maybe. Don't fucking talk about our art like that, you yeah. sick son Fuck of a bitch. You. <laughs> it's not well, primitive. I'll eat your eyeballs. I made this yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. This is yeah. a great bowl. <laughs> The stories were all similar to accounts collected throughout the years. According to these stories, men from the Otsjanep discovered Rockefeller as he swam ashore and debated as to what to do with him. They eventually decided to kill him, partly in revenge for the 1958 incident, but also because all the men involved benefited in some way from doing so. According to their boxers. Yeah, right? Boxers get a finger or something Mm -hmm. and then you're considered a man you know (laughs) yeah exactly it's like a bar mitzvah (laughs) exactly or a quinceanera exactly that's all you need is that finger bone and then you're good and you're cool according to these reports the village was decimated by an outbreak of cholera shortly after rockefeller's death and some villagers considered it punishment for the murder yeah i would yeah i would definitely do that Dozens of movies, books, and other forms of media have been based on Michael Rockefeller's unsolved disappearance. Many believe it is more likely than not that he met a violent, gruesome fate. Artifacts recovered from his trips are still displayed in museums in New York. I can't imagine he was eaten by crocodiles, only because, unless those crocodiles were starving. Mm -hmm. Because as violent as crocodiles and sharks are, they normally don't attack unless they're hungry and they think you're food or yeah. you're attacking and them. He he wasn't good eaten by that point. You know, he had been just floating for two days without food. Well, also, yeah, and he's not and on he's like really a raft to or anything with. to attract them. Yeah. And I'm sure he was smart enough to avoid yeah. crocodiles. So he, mm-hmm. it's not like he's going to come upon them and be like, I'm going to fight one. Also, they were saying that they probably would have recovered something in the water right? if that's where he had died. 
But yeah, I can't imagine crocodiles are going to eat the whole body because it's water. So once yeah. they attack, they're starting to chew it up. And they stuff. found the jerry can, but they mm-hmm. didn't find the buoy. And there they wasn't didn't like find the blood clothing. splattered or anything like that. Yeah. And the fact that what looked like his glasses turned up mm-hmm. in the tribes and his boxers. And I don't think he would have like just, that. if he wasn't attacked by an animal, I don't think he would have just drowned because five miles is far, but you could swim five miles like yeah a, a person who's like i need to do mm-hmm. this or i'm going to die will and do they it. know yeah. that this is the right way to the mm-hmm. shore mm-hmm. i think he could have swam the five yeah miles well and it said he he was a strong swimmer he was prepared to be right. on this expedition right. all of these stories came from villages on the coast where it's likely that's where he would have swam to i think he was killed and eaten that's why a lot of people were like oh it's crazy it's so much more likely that he would have been eaten by something in the water but then the people who actually know the area are like, no, it's actually way more likely that he was cannibalized. Yeah. If it can happen to a Rockefeller, it can happen to anyone. Well, <laughs> actually it can't because I'll never be able to afford to go to New <laughs> to Guinea. To go to Papua New Guinea. So I'll never have to worry about it. I also love the the whole Dutch cover-up. Yeah. Because also around that time, the Dutch were vying. So the Dutch government that was in Africa was like, we want to keep new guinea as like ours but in deutschland dutch what? yeah the, yeah, the, yeah. Du- the dutch what i, I don't know um <laughs> in europe they were like deutschland. Yeah, deutschland? Yes. Deutschland? that's germany they were like eh, we don't know if we want to keep this colony and so they were like well we have to make it seem like this colony's going fucking perfect for us to, oh, to keep yeah. being here and having control over these people in this land so they were like they can't know that shit like this goes on when it's really prevalent. So they there's this whole cover-up angle to it. Mm-hmm. That's crazy that there's like that. Right? I mean, it's crazy to think that they're still cannibals. Oh, yeah. And this tribe, the Azmet is a tribe, but it's also a region. It's like uh-huh. their region. They still operate today. They're still... It's crazy to think of third world countries. Mm-hmm. Because it's just so... It's amazing. The odds are so against them to have not been severely impacted by other cultures the fact that they are thriving in their own society and civilization the way they do things for as long as they have is really amazing there's no iphones it's true they can't just google it they're like they can't google that head recipe yeah they're like (laughs) i need to cook this head let me google it oh you're not supposed to eat heads no who said this maybe oh maybe we shouldn't be eating heads see that's how it all starts yeah no that's not they're, just, they're like, just they're just like I don't need I just have candles. Who needs lights? Yeah. I don't actually know. They might not even lights. have candles. They might just not go out at night. <laughs> well, I imagine <laughs> they, they have, have a something. fire. Yeah, fire. You know. But also, so I looked up some of their artwork too, and they make these great wood carvings. That's like their oh. thing. And they're really beautiful. And I just love that there are two things that they're best at and known for. You know, Hunting, like eating heads and art. <laughs> Art and eating heads. Like, yeah, that's what okay. that's what they do. <laughs> the Dutch are just like, no, they're just great artists. Yeah, they're artists. They There's no heads. They fighting sometimes. <laughs> Don't but... talk about the heads. Yeah. They're just artists. <laughs> it's not like they directly asked us for permission to go get some heads. <laughs> at least they asked. That was nice of them. They did. So you should ask for... Yeah, at least they're polite. No one has said they're not polite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one's been like these assholes. Exactly. Like, super nice, but they will eat you if yeah. you don't give them anything. So just bring stuff. It's basically the the moral of the story. If you're going to go to a tribe that eats people, just bring something so they don't eat you. Yeah. Don't well, eat me and I'll give you all of this, all of my spears. Yes. he. All they wanted was machetes to kill more. Yeah. But not you. <laughs> yeah. If you had just given them everything you had and been like, sorry, don't need any more heads, but here's all the machetes. You'd it's so funny fine. too when it comes to like Rockefeller because they killed one of the richest people in the world. I know. And who they, could have provided and them with anything they wanted pretty but much. But they probably couldn't understand what he was saying. I'm oh. sure he brought it up if they, he was still alive. I'm sure he was like, I've got money. That's kind of one of the things that's like refreshing about it. Uh-huh. If you could say that about cannibalism. It's non-discriminate. Yeah. Like, they don't care that Yeah, like she said, a head's just, it's a head. A head is a head and here's the white men heads we have, I guess. Yeah. You know? And it's like, well, he didn't have anything on him to give them, so. Yeah, so he just. It's not like he was like, hey, I have a bag of spears. Yeah, take it. No, he was just, they were like, well, 
guess he's for this eating. guy. Look at him yeah. and his boxers. How rude! He comes like this. Kill him. We we don't know him, so we. You think they had little him. tiny hearts on him? What kind of boxers? You think he had? That's what if they were like silk boxers? Because <laughs> he's a rock fella. <laughs> They're made out of gold. Yeah. So I was actually sometimes I listen to other podcasts to mm-hmm. kind of get any more information I, I might have missed. Yep. And I was listening to one. I forget what it's called, so I'm not going to say it. And they were, like, hardcore making fun of Michael Rockefeller. And I was like, what? They were like, this fucking bougie asshole. He's just going into these tribes and being like, I'm going to give you all this stuff. Go give me heads. They were saying how elitist and fake he was. And that's not what I got. I think he was like, this culture is really fascinating. Yeah. I think he was literally like, listen, I'm going to have to run boring ass fucking businesses for the rest of my life. I love history and I love culture. So this is what I'm going to do. Right. I mean, sure, he was bougie, but I don't think that's a negative. I think that's just I I don't think he was doing it. I, I don't mean, think he was he like, was... I deserve your heads because no. I'm rich and a Rockefeller. I think he was like, okay, this is what they want. You're making trades for it. It's like if I walked into a store and bought a shir- shirt and gave them money and walked out and someone was like, look at this elitist yeah, buying I, shirts. I think it was a tiny bit, he was being a tiny bit exploitative because he was, you know, giving them weapons in exchange for all their culturally significant things. Yeah, but to them, it's not. It's the bull, yeah. like we said, it's the bull we made last week, so yeah, give so us our spears. We'd rather have a machete. You know yeah. what I mean? So to yeah. them, they're probably like, we get the good mm-hmm. end of this deal because he's taking their culture, but not really because they're just going to make more. It's not like yeah. it's, there's no more of them. It's not like there are artifacts. Then it would be, from, yeah, then yeah. it would be, explore, you know. Exploitative. 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 Yeah. He'd and be exploitative. Also, <laughs> so there's a bunch of pictures from his first expedition to Africa, and his mannerisms... The way he's photographed when he's interacting with people, it's not like he's like, oh, these are savages that we're just mm-hmm. studying. He looks like he really loves to be able to witness this yeah. culture, you know? There's a photo of him, and he's in the middle of a bunch of people, mostly children, like, dancing. And he just looks like he is having, like, the best time of right. his life. He's just in awe of all this stuff he gets to see. So that's how I like to think of him. I didn't know him, but that's what I saw right. in my research. Well, I don't think these people knew him either. <laughs> they just traveled back in time to make sure. <laughs> They're just really old. So. Okay. So mine's not as good. <laughs> I should have gone first. Fuck. No. Okay. Yours is, like, long and detailed. Mine's when detailed. I got done with mine, I was like, fuck, this is so long. Yeah, it was really long. It's it fine. Was. It was. It was eight pages long. <laughs> mine's like three. Okay. It was fine. <laughs> hey. So I'm doing Madeline McCann. So Madeline McCann was born in Leicester and lived with her family in... <laughs> oh no, what is it? Leicestershire? Oh, Leicestershire. Oh, like, yes, you know. Yes, you know. <laughs> that one. With Madeline's parents, and obviously, her whole family. <laughs> she so, just lived alone. She's, just she's alone. a very independent she's child. Super independent. Um, her parents were both doctors and practicing Roman Catholics. Mm. Good Kate, for them. <laughs> yeah. Kate Marie McCann was briefly into... Uh, cannibalism. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the cannibalism is. <laughs> I wrote this word wrong. She was she was an OBGYN. I don't know. Oh. I was trying to write gynecology and I don't know what this corrected. So it she to. was into vaginas. Yes. Um then <laughs> literally. <she> was, yes. <laughs> then she was into anesthetics, which I didn't know you could be into. <laughs> and then finally she settled as a general practitioner. Oh, okay. Gerald, good old Jerry. Good old Jerry was a cardiologist. Wow. Yeah, and he has been a cardiologist since 2005. So Gerald and Kate had met in 1993 in Glasgow and were married mm-hmm. in 1998. But Madeline wasn't born until 2003. So they had a nice, just like... Yeah. Yeah, like a, a just a being married uh-huh. period. And then they had twins in 2005, a boy and a girl. So in May 2007, Madeline and her family took a vacation to Praia de Luz, Portugal. Mm-hmm. The McCanns were on holiday with seven friends and eight children in all. Holy including, God. that includes the McCanns three. Yeah. The nine adults dined together every night at 8.30 in the resort's tapas restaurant. So the media ended up dubbing the friends the tapas seven. <laughs> That's because funny. Of that. I was like, what? Fucking hate tapas. I know. <laughs> on May 3rd, Madeline and her siblings were left in the ground floor apartment sleeping. 
Her parents and their friends went to the tapas restaurant, and Gerald or Kate would check on the kids periodically. It's like every half hour. Mm -hmm. So at 10 that night, Kate walked into the bedroom to find Madeline missing, yet the other children were untouched and still asleep. No one has found Madeline or her body in the years since. The other children just weren't good enough. They were, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So a friend of the family went to notify the hotel, and by 10.30, the missing children protocol was established. Because at first, people just assumed they were, like, she's just wandered out. Mm -hmm. She was looking for mom and dad. She got lost. Yeah. So do you know if she was, like, the oldest child in the group? In the group? I don't believe so. Okay. But they don't tell the ages for, like, privacy reasons of the other kids. Because they don't really, you know. But there was... Like, talk about how other parents were checking on their other kids who were also left alone. Mm-hmm. But they weren't, like, sharing hotel rooms. So it was all separate. Yeah. They were, like, all... they were like apartments. Mm-hmm. Hotel rooms. Yeah. So there was, like, a living room and bedroom. Mm-hmm. And so, like, other parents were periodically checking on their kids as well. However, over 60 people searched until 4 a.m. and could not find trace of her anywhere. Meanwhile, at 11.30, the first of the police finally showed up. And two patrol dogs were brought into the resort at 2 a.m., as well as four search and rescue dogs at 8 a.m. Police officers ended up canceling the patrol on foot and started searching waterways, wells, caves, sewers, and ruins. You know it's bad when you start. (laughs) Because they thought maybe she still had wandered off. And fell. Fell into Mm -hmm. some water, fell somewhere, you know. Inspector Gonzalo Amaral, head of the police, became the inquirer's coordinator, so like the head guy Mm -hmm. on this. Like the head detective. Right. Or, yeah. Okay. So what could have happened? Some people think it was sex trafficking. She was a cute, blonde-haired, blue-eyed baby. Fucking adorable little kid. Adorable. Yeah. And it would have also been pretty easy to take her. Mm-hmm. So the apartment block was not a gated complex. Mm-hmm. 5A was the room, like the apartment she was staying in, was accessible to the public from two different side streets. Sliding glass patio doors in the living room at the back overlooked the Ocean Club's pool Tennis courts and the tapas restaurant. Mm -hmm. So it was like all in between in a straight line. The patio doors could be accessed via a public street, like the main street basically, Mm -hmm. where a small gate and set of steps led to 5A's balcony and living room. 5A's front door was on the opposite side of the block from the Ocean Club on Rua de Argustio de Silva, which is another like popular street with like shops and stuff. So the McCann's children slept in a bedroom next to the front door, Mm -hmm. which the McCann's kept locked. The bedroom had one waist-high window with curtains and a metal exterior shutter and a ladder that went so you could get out the window, I guess, Mm -hmm. is the way they were describing it. But the pull was inside. The cord for the ladder was inside. Mm -hmm. McCann's kept the curtains and shutters closed through the vacation, and the ladder wasn't down when she was taken. And the windows overlooked a narrow walkway and residence car park, which was separated by a low wall from the street. If it was her getting out, you would think that's too much for a little girl. Yeah. But not for an adult. For an adult, it's pretty easy to just mm-hmm. go through a window and walk over a wall. However, it would have been much easier to take the twins. Uh, because well, there's two of them, though. Because, but there's two of them. But here's mm-hmm. the thing. They were much closer. If someone had just been, like, on a whim, I'm going to kidnap a kid. Not specifically after her. They would walk in and they would see two kids in front of them. And take So why not take the two kids or why not take all of them? Mm -hmm. Because the twins were in the middle of the room and Madeline was back against the wall where the window was. So whoever had grabbed her had to make it out without waking the babies up. Yeah. Where you could just scoop one or two of the babies up and leave. And leave, yeah. And you'd only have to worry about waking up the other one. But in a sex ring, that would make sense because babies, they were so young, it's like, they might not have been as valuable. Yeah, because as, you gotta like, like raise a five-year-old. Yeah. yeah, you gotta like raise. There's them. more. I guess there's more sickos looking for five-year-olds than for two-year-olds. Oh yeah, because it would be yeah. like or six-year-olds. You know, you have to feed and yeah. clothe and diaper and all that because babies are fucking hard work. Yeah, and people who have no respect or humanity and don't want to do that. For children, They'd yeah, like, no, they don't want to do I that. Take this one; she's much easier. Exactly, they're assholes. So this theory also goes along with the sighting of a man carrying a small girl that night. The Smiths, another family vacationing there, saw a man around ten o'clock on Rua de Escola Primera, which <laughs> is one of the roads, <laughs> one of the roads that access you can get access to their sliding doors from. Yeah, five hundred yards away from the McCann's apartment. Walking away from the Ocean Clubs into Rua 25 de Abril and the beach. 
So they were walking towards like a touristy area yeah. kind of. He was carrying a girl aged three to four and she had blonde hair and pale skin and was wearing light colored pajamas and bare feet, which is what she Madeline was, was wearing. In. Yeah. yeah. Could you imagine it's just some weirdo who has his dog dressed up as a kid <laughs> <laughs> carrying it along the beach? <laughs> so the man was in his mid thirties. He was five foot seven to five foot nine. Slim to normal build with short brown hair, wearing cream or beige trousers. The Smith said he didn't look like a tourist and he seemed uncomfortable carrying the child. This originally helped the police a lot because they got a timeline off of the man carrying the child, meaning that Madeline was taken right before Kate had checked in on her. Yeah. Because Kate came out like a little after 10 and this was seen at 10 o'clock. Okay. Well, provided that that, that child was that definitely child. Madeline. Right. Another man was also seen carrying a child who matched the description, and it turned out to just be, like, the manager of the hotel carrying his own child. Oh, okay. Yeah. However, there's a more sinister option, Mm. which I believe. A lot of people believe that her parents had killed Madeline. Some people argue that the fact that there are some facts that are just not lining up. Like, Mm -hmm. who leaves three children alone? Bad parents. (laughs) Right. And how were... So, when Kate came in, she was like... Yeah, all the doors and windows were locked. Mm-hmm. Well, how did Madeline get out if all the doors and windows were locked? Yeah. So that can't be. It, it's just, it doesn't make sense. Many believe that Madeline had actually died accidentally in the hands of her parents, and they used this as a way to explain away what happened. You um, think both parents being in the medical profession would know how not to kill a kid? Well, <laughs> a lot of people believe it was something like they were away from the house. And she... And she died. Yeah. She chokes on something or whatever. They mm-hmm. get back. So... The top of seven, there's no corroboration of, like, them being late ever or whatever. But a lot of people think, well, maybe they just came back one time and they were just like, sorry, the baby woke up. Yeah. So it took Uh me a minute longer or whatever. They think that Madeline had an accident. She dies. That's why the other babies were fine, perfectly Mm -hmm. fine. And that's why the doors were all locked because you close the door, she locks it behind her. Yeah. And a lot of people believe Madeline's body was dumped um, out to sea or buried somewhere remote, which would explain why her body never showed up while the hotel doors were locked and why the other children were undisturbed. And also, no other children were disturbed. If there was a fight or whatever and the babies just went back to sleep, the other kids, I guess, next door to her were, like, older enough because oh, they yeah. said that they... It doesn't give their age, but it said that they didn't hear anything, like, strange that so, night. Well, they're old enough for them to say, hey, did you hear anything? Right, exactly. Yeah, and them so that answer. could only mean, like, seven, but still, yeah. they're old enough. Oh, yeah. There was a report saying that Madeline had been reportedly seen in a sex trafficking ring. Oh, no. But there wasn't actually any evidence to back that up. It was in the Inquiry or whatever oh, that yeah. stupid magazine is. Mm-hmm. And it was like, she's been found. And it talks about a guy who he had a friend who was paid to kidnap her from his hotel room and that he went in through the sliding door, took her, and now she's in a sex trafficking ring, but she's still alive. But Mm -hmm. they don't have any evidence or anything like that. Yeah. So where is she? Yeah. Who's this friend that, you know what I mean? Like there was no other evidence. It was Mm -hmm. just that. So I really believe that because doctors would know how to dispose of a body. It's true. Yeah. So you think she died accidentally. I think she died accidentally. Yeah. I, there was a, some theory I was reading a while ago about how they thought that the parents groomed her and then sold her. There, Yeah, there were a few that were like, oh, sh- they, they sold her. Because there was like someone they knew in that town, a really rich dude who was later arrested for pedophilia. Yeah, but none of that is corroborated okay so like there's no proof from what i can understand they knew a few people in the town just from vacationing there but they didn't like know people it wasn't like Uh their lifelong friend got arrested for that yeah but yeah it said there is some rumors about how they sold her into sex trafficking but again there's no proof Mm -hmm. but a lot of those theories are based on the idea that someone saw maddie on the beach or something came up and was like i'll Mm -hmm. give you a million dollars for your daughter yeah and they were like great Mm-hmm. Meet us by this hotel room at 10 o'clock, and when I go to check on Madeline that last time, I'll just give her to you. Yeah. But there's no proof. No. I don't want to, like, a lot of people are, like, these parents are bad enough, so I don't want to, like, tarnish them by being, yeah. like, and maybe they sold their <laughs> child. I know there was a lot of, there's been a lot of speculation about the parents because there was some shadiness with, they made a fundraiser. Yeah, they had a fundraiser. And then they, 
And then they used it to go on vacation or something. Well, kind of. They have, like, a fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Not a fundraiser. That's not the right way. They have, like, a website that you can donate to yes. all the time. Uh-huh. Search for Madeline or mm-hmm. something. But they used, or they raised a bunch of money, and then they went on vacation. But I couldn't find a link if between they, using the money to go on vacation. they actually used yeah. those funds. So, yeah. there's no, I mean... I, you would probably need their bank statement to prove that, so, I yeah. guess, and intention. So, again, it's like I left it out because I don't know. I mean, they still have to live their life. They have two other kids they to do. raise. I feel bad for Who, those kids. Yeah, and what are you going to do? Be like, sorry, kids, you can never go on another vacation again? No, I mean, they can go on vacation. It's just the problem is if they go the, missing. The biggest issue is that who leaves their children alone? That's mm-hmm. why an accident, in my mind, is the most reasonable because mm-hmm. it takes two seconds for her to... See something on the floor, put it in her mouth, and die. Or Mm -hmm. have an allergic reaction to something. Or maybe she was sick and she threw up and choked. Kids do stupid things, too. She could have been like, I want to take a bath. And, like, go and turn it on and drown. Right. Or anything. Yeah. Yeah. I want to... I'm... thirsty and then she tries to climb up on the cabinet she falls falls and she dies yeah no one ever treated the hotel room as a crime scene so there was no blood spatter looked for there was no nothing yeah so there could have been she could have cleaned up blood in the kitchen and no one would no one would ever know yeah she could have been like oh i'm hungry and got a knife and cut herself and die or something Mm -hmm. you know it takes two seconds or she could have maybe she was wandering out and she fell in the pool and Mom found her walking back. She just took her out of the pool, mm-hmm. walked her back in, and was like, yeah. now we got to get rid of this place. Yeah. Because there's so many places. Like, they searched. They did. But there's so many. How you far could the... she have gotten? Yeah. yeah. And plus, you throw her in a ocean. Keep her in the fucking, I don't know. I don't I don't know there how was much stuff the police about, searched. But about like... their, the trunk of their rental car, too. Yeah. Right? That well, they found hair and blood or something? I don't know if they found hair. There was blood traces mm-hmm. in there. They couldn't prove with a rental car. You can't prove yeah, where it is, like exactly. from. And it was just a little bit. It wasn't. It was a like lot. A it wasn't like a it huge... was like if you cut your hand oh. and open the trunk. Yeah, it was the cadaver dog. They brought one into yeah. like the parking lot, and it went immediately, it went immediately to there. There was blood in the trunk, mm-hmm. but also it, they said sometimes like cadaver dog. They also pick up on scent sometimes, mm-hmm. so it could have just been smelling her. Yeah, if it had already been given her yeah. scent. Because they were also searching for her for a while. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. But also they could have fucking kept her in her friend's hotel room or something. It's true because those weren't searched. Yeah. I don't even know if their hotel room was searched. Yeah. They could have just fucking threw her in a closet or something. Yeah. I, I, I don't did. Know. I thought I saw some saw something that was like, she could have just been in the closet the whole time. Like, right. No like, one would know. Yeah. They, didn't, they treated this case mm-hmm. until a few weeks later. And then, because the person, the head person that I mentioned... He thinks they have something to do with it. Mm-hmm. But at first, he thought, oh, this is a missing persons case. Why yeah. Why would you treat a missing persons home as a crime scene? Yeah, you would go and search outward. Right. Yeah. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. we need to find this living kid. And then, Absolutely. oh, maybe someone kidnapped her. But mm-hmm. still, you're not. I mean, they might have looked like at her bed and like at the windows and stuff for prints and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, Sometimes. or they stuck her in the trunk. Yeah. They, I mean, she could have drowned. That's not bloody. You stick her in mm-hmm. the trunk of the car while they're all searching before the, because the cadaver dogs weren't brought in until eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You drive away. You say, oh, I'm going to go search for Maddie, you know, by the beach. We were at the beach the other day. We'll mm-hmm. go, I'll go over there and you throw the body into the ocean. There's so many things that could happen. I blame the tapas. I blame them for leaving her alone. <laughs> you don't leave a kid alone. No. And some some people are online were like, they were terrible parents. And others were like, they weren't that bad. And I was like, yeah. When the decision you're makes leads to your kid dying. You fucked up. You're a yeah. bad parent. Yeah. Not, it doesn't matter what your intention is. That means you're not a good parent. At least yeah. at that moment. You're not. No. That was a bad choice. You can't defend that. You can't be no. like, but what if nothing happened? It's right. But something did, <laughs> did happen, happen. And something could always happen. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it doesn't even have to be salacious or anything. Yeah. Like you said, she could be like, I want to take a bath. And then she drowns. Yeah. Or, or what if she did just really wander off? Okay. Mm-hmm. She wandered off because you're not there. Yeah. When you have a child, you give everything you want to do second place. Yeah. So it's, I want to go get tapas, but I have a child, mm-hmm. so I can't bring the tapas to my room, maybe. See, that's the problem, because if it had been, they could have ordered in, all drink in the room, watch their kids together, but it's tapas, so you have to constantly order it, because tapas is bullshit. Well, yeah. <laughs> or have your friends go out. I don't know. It's just, they it's could have done a rotating schedule where I watch them for a half hour, I go, I go hang have out a for a half hour. Yeah. 
Then you get drunk parents watching the kids. Yeah, but it's it's, it's gonna better stop, than nothing. Well, yeah, but and it's gonna stop them from drowning themselves or falling off of yeah. a ledge. It's the basic. And if a kidnapper comes in, at least that parents there would be like, I'm tied up because I was drunk or whatever in a mess. But there was a kidnapper, you know, yeah. or something, or like a witness a, or a dead body. It's like, well, mm-hmm. clearly something so, has happened. Someone knows something about yeah. it. Yeah. So it's just it's just crazy to me that people. Some people are like, it's not their fault. It's like, yeah. It's completely their fault. Well, and they also didn't really cooperate with detectives because they released that picture of her, the really famous one, and they were told not to because she has that really distinct freckle in her eye that could be used to identify her, or they were saying that it could also induce the kidnappers to kill her because now she's more identifiable. yeah, if everyone knows what she looks like, if she was a sex trafficker, they might either either kill her or it might be like, well, we got to get her out of here now. Yeah. And now they're gone. And now now you'll never find her. Exactly. It makes it so much harder. Or the criminals leave. Mm -hmm. They killed her now that they're scared because the face is up and now she's gone. Yeah. But also, yeah, it, they told them not to mention money, too, mm-hmm. and they did. Yeah. Because they were just like, so there's two sides, though. If they're worried parents, you might just do that. You might be like, fuck the police. I need to do what and I can. And they think that that's what's going to help. Yeah. yeah. Or if they're fucking murderers, they might be like, it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. I'm just going to do it to look like a worried parent. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Well, no pro- one that's know. one of the ones that we'll probably never know. We'll never know unless yeah. her body's found, which I think they would have to search the whole island. Mm-hmm. But e- again, even then, there's the beach right there. They could have just thrown her. But yeah. you would think the waves would wash her in instead of out because they wouldn't have. Yeah. You'd have to like jet her out to the middle mm-hmm. of the sea. But they could bury her anywhere, I guess. Yeah, or then that's. Not even considering if they took her off the island. Right, She could be yeah. in a different country. Yeah, she, if they sold yeah. her, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was another thing. If she was sex trafficked and they showed her picture, they were like, worse comes worse, they're just going to change what she looks like. Yeah. And then we'll never know. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, then people will never know. Yeah. If you were just like, oh, she's blonde-haired, blue-eyed, keep on a lookout, they might not change what she looks like because there's mm-hmm. not a specific picture. Yeah, but And then if someone sees her picture. in a car window, they might call, but mm-hmm. like... Once you that picture's out, they're like, well, let's get her contacts. Let's get her, you know, whatever. Let's yeah. get her tanner to tan her skin a little bit. Let's get her hair dyed to dye her hair. Yeah. So she doesn't, so she looks at, you know. Yeah. Because when a person goes missing, those calls that come in, think about how right you have to think you are to make a call to the police to be like, I saw that girl. Yeah. If you see a girl with brown hair and brown eyes and a little darker skin, you might go, well, she kind of looks like her, but, but that's, that's not, not her. Definitely not her. Yeah. yeah. Because people don't like to get involved if they think right. they're like because they think wrong. they're going to get like in trouble if they're wrong. Well, and they're also like, no, then I'm just leading. I'm giving them false hope. Right, I'm you're like, them you're like, I'm just making path. a mess. Yeah, it's always yeah. better to err on the side. And of if they helping. know for sure it couldn't be like they were like, now nah, we found her body or something, they're going to tell you. They're going to be like, okay, thank you so much. We actually found her, or you know, we happen to know where she just is or something. Yeah. Thanks if they're not yeah. like announcing it yet. Thanks. So, thanks. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Yeah. Someone will be by shortly. Yeah, that's it. It's all you yep. have to do. And then if it turns out to not be her, it's just like, great. Now we know it's not her. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I really like unsolved disappearance cases where there are a bunch of different theories of right, how it could have gone. I love yeah. unsolved things. I do. I watched. Have you ever watched Unsolved BuzzFeed on YouTube? Oh, yes. So good. Yes, it is good. I watch it all the time. And in one of the episodes, the guy Shane, the guy who like doesn't believe in ghosts or whatever, mm-hmm. he's talking to the other guy. He's like, uh, so there's supposed to be demons here and the other guy's freaking out. He's like, okay. And he goes into this little black room with like a well that a body was supposed oh, to be no. found in or whatever. And he goes, hey, demons, it's your boy, Shane. <laughs> Come push me down the well. And then now they have shirts that say that, but I think yeah. that's so funny. That is funny. Hey, demons, it's your boy. <laughs> so we're going to be rebranding a tiny bit. We have a new cover art for the podcast coming out. Mm-hmm. We're a little bit more active on social media and all that. We're trying. Yeah. We're building up our network mm-hmm. buddies and everything. That's Murderly on everything. It's murder.ly. Yeah. That's the website, but it's Murderly on everything else. That's the network social media. Our social media is Helen High Horror on Instagram and Tumblr and Facebook. And on Twitter, it's Hell High Horror. Mm-hmm. I'm Austin Castelli. I'm Rep Rada Am. Yeah, she's Rep Rada Am on everything. Yeah. And we're doing our Patreon stuff. Uh, we're about to record our news episode, and Repi did all the research for Yay. it. 
this time. So it's going to be suck. fun. Yeah, switching it up a little. I think it's yeah. going to be nice. Tried to make punny names for all the stories. I saw, I saw there were fun names <laughs> in there. So we're doing that. That's for all $1 patrons. Mm-hmm. And we just released our story time episode for this month for all of our $5 patrons and up. It was a story I was really fascinated in. So it was more... She was fascinated in it. I was. She was in it. I was in it. It was a historical murder story. Oh. Uh, yeah. So you can Who's go the name? Out. Henry Reed Rathbone. There you go, if you want to listen to that. To, yes, it's called Henry Reed Rathbone Collateral Damage. Oh, and I feel like I heard the name. Yeah, well, so... Rathbone's a hard name to forget. Yeah. Basically, one of the really interesting things about it is that he was the person sitting next to Lincoln when he was shot in the head at the theater. Oh. Yeah. yeah I know his name. And then after that... His life really just never got better. I say that was pretty good luck on his part. I wouldn't say that's bad life. I would say that's great life that he didn't think you were Lincoln. Well, he also got real hurt in the struggle. He got slashed from his uh, shoulder to his elbow and it cut an artery and he passed out from blood loss. Which is so weird because when I think about the struggle, I think of them like... You know, like fist to cuff. Yeah. Like, but I guess, yeah, there was knives. Yeah. And then that yeah, guy just Booth jumped on the stage. Yeah, had a knife. Yeah. And he, well, he actually, Henry Reed Rathbone was the one that pushed him out of the box <laughs> onto the <laughs> stage. And that's, you know, he broke his leg and that's how they found him and whatever. But. And it was cover up. Yeah. Him and his wife and were Nicholas sitting Cage right next to him. exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. Him and his wife, who was also his stepsister, <laughs> were, were next to, it was like a double date. They were there together. So. Imagine knowing the Lincolns. Well, he was a war, uh-huh. was in the war, and he was high sure, up. with a and... name like Rathbone. Yeah, right? <laughs> Gotta be a lieutenant or higher. He he was a major of something. Oh, he was higher than a lieutenant. Yeah. Um, right? But after that, I don't know military things. Lieutenant, major, colonel. He, he was eventually a colonel of some kind. Okay. I think that's how it goes. Lieutenant, lieutenant, major, major, colonel, colonel. A massive colonel. President. <laughs> president. <laughs> colonel president. <laughs> and then you just mustard. Colonel mustard. Yep. <laughs> then you become him. So that's actually a really interesting story that somehow goes from the Lincoln assassination to him trying to murder his entire family in Germany. Hey, so, yeah, fun. it's it's with really fun. No, not an axe. Oh, I'd be better with an axe. Yeah. And well, then, listen to it and then. then somehow, I'm not going to tell you how, it ends up in... um. Two bodies going missing forever. So. Oh. Yeah. Was it? It was him and his wife. Their oh. bodies. Are because for missing. a while, Lincoln's body was missing. Yeah. There's there's a great dollop episode I know, that's about I, I Abraham Lincoln's dollop, body. I was like, his body went missing. Yeah. Lincoln. I know. It's... He stopped slavery. <laughs> his dream is really weird. <laughs> yes. Well, that's it for this that's week. Yay. Yeah. So follow us on our social media stuff. Where we interact and stuff like that. We love hearing from people. Yeah. We're going to unveil our new artwork as soon as it is in tip-top shape. Yeah. So, happy hauntings, everyone. Happy hauntings. Bye. Bye.